the Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Make sure to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and beginagaintoys.com to check out our new product line. Also, remember to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Remember, also, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Truly honored to have this guy on the podcast today as I get to speak with United States Army Ranger veteran, coach, mentor, leadership consultant, and former Ohio State Buckeye and Seattle Seahawk defensive tackle, Joe Brown. Make sure to follow Joe on Twitter at JB underscore Buckeye. And there are a few articles that I'll also make sure to have in the body of our podcast. Also want to thank my buddy Brad Thomas and his band Silence and Light, which are also all special operations veterans for providing music for today's episode. Pay attention as they have a new album dropping soon. But I definitely want to thank the band Silence and Light and Joe for their service. Let's welcome Joe Brown. Ron, how are you? I'm awesome, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, do you, am I dressed appropriately for this? Or? You're just lucky I'm not wearing this. <laughs> I did, there you go. I have to do this. Every time I bring a Buckeye on, I have to uh, I have to drop That's the awesome. V hat. I actually just, I think I told you I had Jamie on um, a couple weeks ago. I've had Nick Swisher. Yeah. I had Nick Swisher on. And uh, Did you play... I, I was playing time? when I was playing when Nick was playing. Um, and I actually there was a kid from my hometown, Tucson, who played on the baseball team, uh, Joey Palazzo. Um, I think and, I actually remember that name. Yeah, it's sadly Joey committed suicide. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's been a while, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, re- I remember that was the best part about spring ball was like doing spring ball practice and going to go watch some baseball games. That's I, Hey man, I, I, I think, I don't know if I told you I played at Ohio state. I was actually on yeah. Bob Todd's first team. Actually, I was supposed to go to Kent state wow. and then okay. they got the job and I grew up, you were born in Columbus. I'm recording by the way, you grew up yeah, in, yeah. a little bit in Columbus, but then you moved to Tucson. Is that how it went? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was born in, in a uh, grant hospital, downtown Columbus. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we we moved to Tucson, Arizona when I was like one years old. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then we've we've had a family lake house up at Indian Lake. Nice, nice forever before I was born. So you and, go uh, back and you come you come up and visit them. Yeah, yeah. Time. I think it was, it was my dad's initial way of trying to get rid of me, like <laughs> send me to the send me to the lake for the summer and see if I survive. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I survived every summer, so there you go. <laughs> well, brother, yeah. thank you, thank you for doing this because I, you know, we kind of connected randomly on Twitter. Um, yeah, because I had seen that you were posting, and 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 I think Jamie, I I said something to Jamie. We've been texting a lot, and and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Joe's awesome." And then like I looked at, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like you like fit into like multiple worlds of what we are trying to do at the abstract athlete. And first of all, thank you. A, thank you for your service. The most important part. Thank you for being a Buckeye. (laughs) And I'm also a Seahawk fan. So it's like, you're covering all my bases, man. So, um, but it, it, to me, it's like really, uh, you know, I've had, I've been lucky enough. Like I'm, I get the, the cool job. I get to do the podcast and I get to meet like just amazing people. And I've had actually, um, a couple, uh, you know, veterans that were special forces. Um, one, one actually, um, is a musician who was a ranger as well as a Delta force, which was to me, that's like, Whoa, like that's going to like to both worlds. Um, and he's a musician. So we connected really because I, I became a musician uh, between my baseball playing days and before I went back to school. Um, 
And then I've had yeah. a, you know, a Navy seal on, we, we work with a purple heart recipient, you know, and again, like to me, it's, it's, we, when Chris and I started this, not to go on off on a tangent, like we, yeah. we were thinking about how creativity is beneficial to all of us for one, but like, how, could it actually be beneficial to, you know, like CTE or TBIs and stuff. And I want to get into like, did you get into, yeah. you know, into creativity um, at all when you were, you know, on your road to recovery? Because like, and we'll get into this, but you, you know, you, you were yeah. on the Seahawks and left the Seahawks to go become, a, you know, a ranger and then yeah. suffered uh, a, 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 traumatic brain injury, like a very serious one through a fall, yeah. you know, a stair collapsed, you know, 30 feet or so, um, you know, broke shoulder arms and, and, and massive head injury that you actually had to relearn how to talk. And, um, and it, just, you know, I'm like curious of how, like the rehab stuff and, and one of the things not to, again, I'm like sp- randomly yeah, yeah. riffing and stuff. But one of the things you did and yeah. or are still doing that I want to talk about is you work or have worked with uh, adaptive sports um, because yes, we, we've we actually done some stuff um, here in where I'm at in Richmond, Virginia with um, a group called Sportable and they do adaptive um, tennis tournaments here. Um, and I've actually talked to the athletic director which I think is where you're at at Arizona because Arizona actually has adaptive sports, which is only like one of the very few colleges that has that. And I've actually talked, it's, it's smaller than I was, would hope that it would be, but it's still, yeah, for sure. For sure. But I don't know where to start, man, because (laughs) I mean, again, like (laughs) I'm just glad to have you on because I think a, your story is impactful, important. Um, and what you're doing, what you've, have done and doing sense is like really important as well. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. No, you, you bet. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I, you know, to, to be honest, what, what caught me about your Twitter page was abstract athlete. Cause I've always, I've always viewed myself as kind of an abstract athlete. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 I played, it's, by the way, it's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, my bad. I, I, I've always, yeah, I, I don't know. I just always kind of categorize myself as that person is, you know, I, I was a lot more of the two, I was a lot more than, than just sport. And, uh, and then I, I cared and thought a lot more about things other than just the sport. And, uh, so n- not everybody's like that. I mean, you know, you're in that system of, of, of being a football player, you know, fill in the blank, whatever sport it is. And, um, uh, and, and sadly, I think sometimes the system or the process of trying to be, go from good to great and, you know, chase that dream of playing collegially and professionally, you know, sometimes we become me machines, self-absorbed me machines. And, uh, I don't know, I was I, I, thinking back on, on my process and how I grew up and that sort of thing. I, I obviously love sport and I love the game of football. Uh, no doubt. Anybody who's close to me would say, yeah, he guy yeah, loves football. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I always was uh, very curious and I always loved being outside. I always loved nature. I always loved exploring. Um, you know, I, I'm comfortable in that space. And, uh, you know, there was always a part of me, you know, my dad uh, retired as a brigadier general, was a fighter pilot. So I grew up, you know, understanding like service and um his dad died uh in a pow camp uh my mother's dad was a veteran um so you know it's just kind of been been part of that fabric and uh anyways when i go speak to kids in schools and things sometimes the story i tell is in third grade i don't remember a whole lot of my homework assignments but i remember (laughs) i remember this one uh my teacher uh, miss van alken said hey uh, I want you to go home this weekend and, and and think about what you want to do when you grow up and you're going to present it to the class um, on Monday. And I was like, like I already knew the answer before I hit the crosswalk. And, and I, I got home and I talked to my dad about it and I was like, Hey, you know, and we kind of rehearsed it a little bit and I went to school on Monday and with absolute 
you know, confidence. I was like, I'm, I'm Joe Brown and I'm, I'm going to play major league baseball and, and I'm going to be an army ranger. And, and everybody laughed at me. <laughs> and, uh, but I, you know, as a kid, like I knew, I knew I was going to play professional sports. It's, it's kind of strange to say that um, because, you know, quantitatively <laughs> it's not on your side. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, you couldn't tell me that as a young kid. And, and I just love playing. I love competing and, um, you know, I moved in with my dad in third grade. And uh, one of the things that I really remember about that transition was he, he got me involved in sports like full time. And, uh, and I played baseball, 365 year baseball guy. So you'll love that. But <laughs> I, I grew up in Tucson and, and we played baseball. Like that's what we did. And, uh, and I, I played baseball all year and, and loved it. And uh played a little bit of basketball. I, I never played football. Um, I played in the schoolyard, you know, after school where you know you throw the ball up and you tackle somebody. Like I love playing that. Um yeah, and then um uh, I just remember begging my dad in middle school, like dad, I really do want to play that football game like bad. <laughs> and the school, the school that I go to, like we don't have football, like I really want to play football. And so that was like a banter back and forth for about a year. And uh, I'm sure my dad has a different way to share that story, but uh, he finally decided, yeah, let's let this dude play football. You know, I'm sick of like hearing that. And so he, we moved across town and he put me in a public school and, and uh, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're the exact opposite to me. It's like, I wanted to be also a professional baseball player. I actually, had the opportunity, but my parents wanted me to go to school because I could have been drafted out of high school. Um, but football, like I, I loved playing football or I take that back. I love throwing a football. I hate, I told this story to, to Percy. I think I said it to Jamie. That's like, I just hated getting hit. I was a quarterback and then you drop back and you just get plowed over. Yeah. You know, I was fine with hitting people and, but yeah. it's just like the getting hit part, like as a quarterback and, I could, I, I, I actually, Woody, I used to trick or treat from Woody Hayes. Um, cause he is in my hometown and I remember him, he used to go to this coffee shop where my sister used to work. And I, he, for some reason knew who knew who I was because I was a good quarterback as a, you know, as a youth. And he was like, yeah. I'll see you in 1987. And I was like, Whoa. And he was kind of right. I, I went there in 19, but it was to play baseball, not football. And it's just, yeah. I, but it's, it, you know, that, I love that story that like of going into the classroom. And I read that, I think it was in one of the 11 warriors um, articles okay. that had published about, about you. And that, that, that confidence of knowing that you were going to be a professional athlete, but also to know that you were going to be a ranger like that. And you did yeah. both of them. I mean, it was the different sport, but you yeah. did both of those things. And, and yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that thinking about how you were talking about that one of the things that i talk about a lot on on this podcast is that discipline that sports kind of creates and obviously since your dad is a veteran and and, and grew up and you grew up kind of in a military family with your grand both grandfathers and yeah. and that discipline that is required to be an athlete that i think it obviously transferred over into your military career i assume like i mean yeah, I, I think so. I think there's some great correlation there for sure. Um, you know, I remember vividly my dad, you know, he was a fighter pilot. And I, I remember through middle school, high school, you know, walking into his room at night. And what's he doing? He's reading his flight manual. Wow. You know, he's a he's a lieutenant colonel, you know, at, at that time. And, and he's still has the discipline and the wherewithal to sit up at night and spend, you know, 30 an hour on his flight manual. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the same thing as, as a high level athlete, you know, you have to be committed to uh, doing the little things, yeah. you know? And there's, the, there's the one thing, like, again, like just reading and researching and stuff, like, and I'm glad you said this in one of the articles about that kind of sports trying to correlate what happens on a field to what happens in war. It's not the same. And I like, I'm, you know, we don't have to talk about that. I'm just glad you said that because I, for me, that's yeah. not 
in the military, I've always just like, Oh, come on guys. Like this is not war. It's a game. And, and yeah. yes, you want to win. And yes, there's the fight on the, the, you know, air quotes fight on, but it's a different thing. It's a different experience, obviously. And it, yeah. Like, yes. Totally agree with you. And I, I, uh, I was, I was asked a couple of years ago when urban Meyer was the head coach, some reporter had reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, what, what do you think about the new Ohio state uh, pregame preseason video? And it was like a hype video and, and they, they use the analogy of war. And I was like, I mean, uh, quite honestly, I, I think it's a, it's a poor choice of words. Uh, I get it. Uh, I get and I, I went on to explain, like, I, I get why college teams want to have some association to special operations to, you know, they name the kickoff team, the, the SEAL team, and they name the defense. The, like, I, I get all that. And it's it's that it's it's that selflessness, um, that camaraderie um, that you just cannot find. And, um, you know, I remember talking to some friends early in my ranger career and they're like, yeah, you know, this is probably a pretty easy process for you. Like, what, what do you think? Like you were, you're an athlete. And uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me was, you know, in my ranger and doctrine program class, we had about 400 people in that class and 68 people graduated. Um, the, the selflessness was, it was like, you could almost touch it. Um, I mean, they, everybody cared way more about the guy to the left and right than themselves, yep. which, which does, I mean, it makes the unit amazing. Right. So like, how do you get that in that college atmosphere? And and there's some coaches that are chasing that. And I think that's really cool because it, it teaches these kids so much more than football. Yep. And we were talking about football, but you could apply it to every sport, uh, you know, um, really teaches them life lessons on, on how to be better people and better teammates and, you know, better in the classroom. And I mean, it, it just, if you can create that atmosphere um, of, of leadership and, and really a personal growth while they're in college, I think what a, what an absolute blessing. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I'm think again, like I, while you're talking, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about other things that I've, you know, again, I read, um, about you and, and like going back. So first of all, like you were born at, in Ohio, like, and so you came, you moved out to Tucson, but did you always want to be a Buckeye? Like, was that, was that, was that yeah. kind of in, ingrained in you? <laughs> and, but then, yeah. I mean, and, and then thinking of that, like you, you actually wanted to be in the ROTC when you were at Ohio state, but kind of John Cooper kind of nixed that. There wasn't a lot of bad blood in, in regards to that. You just like, okay, get it. Yeah. Um, because they're being a college athlete is hard. Like it's, I, I, Jamie and I even talked about this because it's, you don't have time to even be a student. Like it's really athlete student. We all know this, you know, um, but how, first of all, how did you get back to Ohio? And then like that, that relationship of that, of, of the, the, yeah. So how did I get to Ohio state? Yeah. Yeah, so so my my dad really had no idea what he was doing like when I was in high school, <laughs> and uh, at one point he says to me, "I guess you're pretty good at this football thing. <laughs> Maybe we should go to some football camps." <laughs> and uh, so we literally sat down at the kitchen table and figured out what football camps we want to go to. And Ohio State happened to be one of them because I grew up watching Ohio State games, yeah. right? I mean. I, I literally remember telling my dad, like, hey, I'll play there one day and we'll beat Michigan. <laughs> I, remember, I remember telling him that. Like, that's how crazy, you know. And uh, any, anywho, uh, so I go to camp there and Levy Smith was a DB coach. And Levy Smith, yeah. he pulled me aside and introduced himself. And that was really the start of my recruitment to Ohio State. And then he passed me over to Bill Young. And Bill Young recruited me, I would say, heavily. Um, and I'll share this with you. You'll love this story. Because um, the way kids are doing recruiting this day, these days is nuts to me. Yeah. Uh, 
So, uh, so Bill Young calls me one night and says, "Hey, I just want to tell you that uh, I had some family issues, and uh, I'm going to move to Oklahoma, where my wife's from, and uh, so we can be closer to family. And I'd love for you to come to Oklahoma with us." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Like that sounds great." And so I said, well, uh, you know, let me let me go down and talk to my dad about it. So I go down the hall and I said, Dad, you got a few minutes. I want to talk to you about something. And so we start talking and uh, I said, hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Coach Young to Oklahoma. And it was kind of like an awkward pause. <laughs> and he says, well, what did you tell Ohio State? Did, did you sign anything or did you tell them anything? And I was like, well, no, I didn't sign anything. And I mean, I guess, I mean, I told him I was going to go there, but I haven't signed anything. And he's like, so, so you verbally told Ohio State you're going to go there. And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, well, that's where you're going to go. You're right. That won't happen this today now, you know. No, no, no. So that's kind of how that went. And, you know, uh, we learned a lot along the way, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, if you've played the, if you've played the sport, if you've played college sports, you know, you do want to kind of go where the, the guy that recruits you, you kind of want to go where he goes. Uh, that's, that's important. Yep. So anyways, um, it all worked out great. And, uh, you know, I was there for, for five years. Um, I registered um, started my career off pretty strong. Um, I started as a registered freshman, it started for three years, um, had some injury issues. I'd say the probably the biggest mistake in my athletic career was I broke my right thumb before the West Virginia game uh, in training camp. We were, we were doing uh, a scrimmage in the horseshoe, and it was the last part of the scrimmage. It was goal line situation, and uh, I – I jammed my thumb pretty bad. And, you know, as a defensive lineman, you you kind of get used to having fingers that don't feel great. Yep. And uh, and so I kept playing like three, four, five more plays. And I'm like, man, my thumb really hurts. Like, this is like a whole new level of, you know. So I go to the sideline and and, uh, and Bill Davis, Dr. Lombardo, yep. they're like, oof, uh, yeah, I, we think you broke your thumb. <laughs> and uh so I did. I broke it in a couple spots, dislocated it. And uh, anyways, the, the conversation was like, well, we can fix it forever. Um, and you, you're going to miss some games or, or we can we can uh, we can do this temporary fix. And so long story, we went with the fix it forever and get the screws and the plate. And um, and then that process went well. And, and the conversation was like, well, I, we think you could play with a cast. God. And I was like, "Yeah, sign me up!" Like, <laughs> yeah, let's let's do that. Which was really the biggest mistake of my athletic career, like, no. because so you can imagine I play a season with my hand in a cast. So what do you do, right? You use your left hand way more than your right hand, and I just smoked my left shoulder, and. Um, yeah, so my thumb healed, but now my yeah, left I was shoulder. Yeah, say the compensation. <laughs> yeah, so I'm walking to class and my shoulder's subluxing, and it's just not good. And then I had surgery on my shoulder. So, anyways, just two injuries that were just tough. Yeah. And I look back on my thumb, and I, I should have just been like, "Yeah, let me have the surgery, and I'll sit out. I'll take a medical redshirt, you know, get my master's degree." But you know, when you're a first generation athlete, sometimes you don't have that that perspective or that great advice. And my, you know, my dad was a wonderful dad. I mean, he still is. He's an awesome dude. But he he hadn't played college sports. He had no idea how that business works. So we're just making the best decision on what we think at the time is right. Yep. And uh, so, well, and anyways, also, you probably there, wanted but, to. You probably yeah. wanted to play. I mean, because. I mean, that was the thing. Yeah. I mean, I got red shirted and it sucked. It's the first time ever in sports that I didn't play. And, you know, yeah. and it's just like, it's what, like, what am I? And I was in school. I was struggling. I unfortunately yeah. hit a baseball off of some guy's eye in the Woody and ruined his career. Like it was, it was just horrible, horrible, like 
year, yeah. unfortunately, because, yeah. and it's, you know, and so like, I would have done the same damn thing. Like, it's like, I want to play. I don't care how I get on the field. I just want to play. And so right. I, I get it. Like, but yeah, the hind it's that hindsight thing is like, yeah, duh. If I were to think about it now, like, I, yeah. you know, just, it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, when I was in graduate school and I was a GA uh, coaching college football, it was, it was really cool how many how many kids were getting two degrees at the same time. They were really leveraging that fifth year. Yep. And I'm like, man, that's so smart. You know, I mean, so what that you're 20 years old and you have no life experience, but you know what? You have a master's degree yep. or you have two degrees. Like no one can take that from you. That's super powerful. The Abstract Athlete is sponsored by and in partnership with Begin Again Toys. Begin Again Toys is an eco-friendly and educational toy company focused on sustainable ways to explore and play with a goal to inspire children with stories of innovation, adventure, and good old-fashioned fun. For more information, visit beginagaintoys.com. Now, and you... and. You also went back to school after after your traumatic brain injury as well in Arkansas. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And what was I, that? I think, de- what was that degree in? Ron, let me say something about that. I, I I think that that decision probably probably saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I just left the army in a really tough fashion, yeah. pretty severe TBI, uh, broke my arm, tore my leg. Um, yeah. And, oh, oh, you want to go to grad school? Like, okay, good luck. And uh, so just going to grad school and being a full-time student um, was a phenomenal experience for me. And it, it made my brain work and function. And, you know, going through my brain injury, I learned there's so much about the brain that they still don't know, uh, which is kind of scary. We actually work with a, we work with a a traumatic brain injury doctor here. Like he's at, he's at VCU. Um, his name is Dr. Cifu, C-I-F-U. If you ever want to talk to him, like, I think it would be like really cool. Um, because he actually, he works a lot, a lot with the, with the VA and so he deals okay. with, with, you know, PTSD and different stuff. And it's, it's amazing yeah. for us to have this guy who like, he's literally world renowned and he's the coolest guy you'll ever meet. Like, he's so chill. He doesn't act like a doctor. He'll just like, yeah. you know, he'll just bullshit with you. But that, what you're saying, like he, it not to compare these things at all, but like, I remember having concussions in in high school and one in when I was actually in grad school here and they, the doctors would always say, don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. And he will say that's bullshit. Like you want to get your brain active again. It doesn't have to be like super stress or stuff, but like he will, you know, like the benefit for us is he talks about creativity, which is what we try to get people to do. And, and this idea of like shutting yourself in a dark room, like that's not good, but yet doctors still, it's kind of like this, old mentality of like, you know, it's like, yes, yes. I remember. And I still do this day still every once in a while light still kind of like is distracting for me. And I'm sure that's kind of that, that sensation, but it's like, go do something creative in a slow way, like whether it's painting or drawing or writing, whatever. And it's like, so like what you just said, like reiterates that idea that yeah, get the thing working again. Yes. I I mean, and I had, you'll, you'll, you'll relate to this too, but as an athlete, I had a really, uh, how should I say, I had a really keen sense of how my body functioned. And, and so after my injury, I, I, I did realize um, as I got my speech back and um, was going to school, I I realized that my balance wasn't quite the same. Uh, I didn't feel quite as as like fluid or athletic as I once was, and uh, and then from a memory standpoint, I I, I had a great memory, um, never wrote anything down, um, and and that wasn't the case. And so I learned pretty quickly, like, hey man, 
you're going to have to use a calendar. You have to write things down. Um, the game has changed. And so I should have said that I would have much, I'm so grateful that I learned all that in grad school and not like through life, right? Which would have been super frustrating and not as probably forgiving. And um, so to go through grad school, I got my master's degree in marketing and communications, um, got a, about a 4.0 through grad school. And uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah. So it, it was pretty cool. And and I, I share, I'll, let me share one story with you yeah. real quick. But um, so, so I moved my family to Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, we have two little kids. I'm married, um, just, just left the army in a pretty nasty way. Um, a full-time grad student. I'm a GA, so I'm working like 120 hours a week. And uh, and I had set up in my mind that the VA was going to pay for grad school through what's called vocational rehab. So I'm like, hey, babe, I got to drive down to Little Rock. It'll be like a 20-minute meeting, and then I'll come home. I'll be home. Well, so I drive to Little Rock, and I meet with a guy uh, by the name of Tom Scott. And I'm going to say his name because – he wouldn't he wouldn't care about he'd actually love this story so tom scott was he worked at the va and i met with him and uh that 20 minute meeting was about four hours and he's like you're not ready for grad school sergeant brown you you've been pretty severely wounded i i don't think you're ready and oh you know what by the way uh in this manual that was written in 1975, paragraph three, appendix C, um, you know, you already have a degree, so the VA can't pay for graduate school. And I was like, okay, well, can I say something? And I was like, first of all, I feel really bad that you just said what you said about me. You have no idea who you're talking to. And you don't know me at all. I am ready for grad school. And I feel bad that you were in that situation. You have to say that about somebody. Secondly, you know, it's 2008. And I, I'm, I'm cool that your manual says that, but it's 2008. And if you want to support your wife and your two kids, you might look at having a master's degree. And that's what I'm trying to do. And at the time, I wanted to be a college football coach. Yep. And I'm like, I need to have a master's degree. And we went back and forth. We probably, I probably felt every emotion in that meeting. Like I wanted to smash his face on the table. I wanted to give him a hug. I, we, like about every emotion came through. And towards the end, he was like, hey, listen, because I wouldn't leave. He, <laughs> I like that. He's like, uh, how about you help me write a letter to my supervisor asking for authorization? And I was like, yeah, come on. So we literally sat at his desk and I helped him write this letter to his supervisor. It got approved. Ultimately, I I got through grad school with folk rehab. Um, and it was so cool when I graduated because I saw Mr. Scott and uh, he came and he gave me a handshake and a hug. And he said, you know, Sergeant Brown, uh, congratulations on graduating with almost a 4.0. I uh, also want to let you know that because of your <laughs> efforts that day, 17 other veterans have gone to graduate school through Vogue Rehab. So it's pretty cool. That's yeah, I was like, awesome. That's, yeah, I mean, cool. but like you, you're, it's, it's, they do need to change these things because like you just said earlier, like doing this saved your life. And like, yeah, and, 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 and truly like, that story about how, you know, it shouldn't be that difficult, you know? I mean, it shouldn't yeah. have been, I mean, it shouldn't have been, I, it, no, hopefully it, it isn't anymore, but like, you're like yeah. that to me, like, you know, not to throw this back, but it's like, you're changing people's lives inadvertently yeah. or advert. Like, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's, yeah. Like, that's, yeah. Here's the dude. Here's the dude that, damn near died in Southeast Baghdad. He's home. He's trying to go to grad school, make a living for his wife and kids. Yeah. Uh, and I, the system says that you can't do it. Well, okay. I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, but 
Yeah, uh, grad school was huge for me, huge for my brain and just just getting it going. And yep. uh, yeah, it was it was good stuff. Now, I do. So. I, I think at some point in time, well, I want to get you on a call with Dave, because I think it'd be cool. A, a because he's a brain doctor and, and, and him hearing your story would be like really cool and his work with veterans and stuff, but also like, he's also very connected with that sportable thing that I was talking about earlier, the adaptive sports thing. Um, he was the one that actually got us kind of connected with it. And, and I think just all these kind of pieces, um, would be like really cool to like talk about and, um, and, and yeah, Yeah. I I just, again, like for me, it's like, Um, I I think why I think these conversations that you and I are having are so important is like, and I say this all the time on my podcast, but I just think it's, it's inspiring. Like you're an inspiring individual for multiple reasons. A, like I said earlier, like, you know, you're a veteran, like you, like you're protecting our country. Like, you know, you're also, you're a football player. So people look up to you as a football player. Like you're a husband, like people look up to people that, you know, like that have kids and you, you, you've gone through school, like in multiple degrees, like it, you're, you live like an inspiring life. And, 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 and I don't think it's a heavy thing to say that what you did in, what was his name? That person's like the office, you had that four hour meeting, Tom, Tom Scott, Tom Scott, that meeting yeah. like changed people's lives from that meeting. Like that's, yeah. that's real. Like, and, and that is like, that's and, inspiring, man. Like it's, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the things I want to say to you is like the power of sport. Yep. Like, and, and I almost get some of that resolve that day meeting with the VA counselor from growing up, like as a little kid, like, Sport sport taught me so much, and but but you have to have that reticular activating system on to to really be paying attention to some of that stuff. But like, I wasn't the best kid growing up. Like, it wasn't me. I wasn't. The, people were like, "Hey, pick pick Joe first. Like, I, but but I love to play and I love to compete, and it's that pursuit of excellence, right? Like, we'll never get there, but you're still pursuing it. Yep. And so I learned that at a young age, and school was tough for me too. But like that connection to like, just continue to pursue it, yep. pursue it, pursue it. Stay and, curious, and that, man. Like that came through my whole life. And then here you are in a hospital bed. You can't speak. You, you fell through the stair shaft. Um, the nurse says, hey, you know, Sergeant Brown, you're going to be here for about two years. You're OK. You know, every part of my body was like, no, yeah. no, I'm not. I can't be. You know, I got things to do. Um, so again, uh, you did, I think I read again, like just using that, that what sports did for you. Like you also said that you think that because you were an athlete that probably saved your life, right? Like, yes, if you, if you didn't have that, yeah. that, that, that athletic yeah. build, I mean, like, you know, and again, like not just for, for the discipline, I think that you're talking about, but also just because you physically work out every day, like I, that's what we're trying to bring that discipline into a creative outlet. Because if people started physically working out every day and mentally working out every day, I think we'd be a better species. Yeah. Ron, hundred percent. And I feel like I I could talk to you for, for like 10 hours. (laughs) Uh, I mean, mean, yeah, you know, I could talk about, how I feel about that from an artistic standpoint in gardening, what I do. And then the other component is like, you know, when I got involved in Parks and Rec, um, I started asking that question, like, Hey, how, how about those kids in the corner with autism or down syndrome or the, the dude with the blown off leg? Like, what are we doing for them in regards to recreation? And largely, you know, if you were to Google, you know, the definition of, of parks and recreation somewhere in there, you'd see the word inclusiveness, inclusion. We include all, but do we? And so I started to ask that question in my first job and uh, I kind of sui sponte and asked for forgiveness, but um, I started a wheelchair basketball program uh, from nothing. And uh, you know, and really was just trying to connect with, with, with dudes and, 
dudes and gals in our community that that were amputees or uh, PTSD, PTSD or, or what have you uh, that qualified to play wheelchair sports. And it, it was incredible uh, the reach that had. It was really cool. And uh, so now really that's in- again, like I, that's why I want to get you connected with, with doc seafood, just because <clears throat> this, this sportable thing that they do here, like they, they have one, they've had a adaptive tennis tournament here. I think it's the last two years, I think. And it's yeah. like the two years ago was, I think the most attended and we were actually the, the title sponsor because the doc actually put us together with that. And it was just amazing. And I went out, I went out this year to watch it for a little while. And it's just like, like you said, it's, it's like, why, why don't we like, I mean, I think about the the special Olympics even like, why don't we like, we need to pay attention to these things. Like they're as amazing and or more amazing than the athletes we watch every day, you know? Oh yeah. Well, well, Ron, the other part of the adaptive sports program that, that I had, was fortunate enough to to play a role in creating in Texas. We emulated it in Reynoldsburg when I worked yep. for Reynoldsburg. Yep. And it's, it's called the superhero program. Uh, and the superhero program was geared towards kiddos with intellectual disabilities and or physical disabilities. And the whole goal there was like, hey, uh, every season we have sport leagues for AB kids, able-bodied kids. Yep. But what about the kiddos that, that, that aren't? What, what are we doing with those kids? Yeah. And so we wanted to create a super affordable league, whether it was soccer, baseball, and, and we just kind of augmented all the sports so they could play. And uh, really, really awesome to see and, and make that happen for, for not only the kids, but the families. Yeah, so. no, I think that's that's another part of it is the families, is like when you yeah. see the the moms and dads see the joy in their kids and, and, yeah. you know, because sometimes, like, again, like you said, they, they just get excluded from stuff just be, and it's just silly. Yeah. I mean, and like, even like connected to all that, like in terms of like wellness and mental health, like all those things like are connected to me, like that, like how, yeah. you know, and you know, I say this all the time, but finally, like, I think we talk more about mental health um, for all of us because I mean, we all deal with shit and and obviously for different things you know it's different levels and whatever um and again like creating this platform like you're giving an adaptive sport athlete joy and you know it's like i it's there's so much for lack of a better way to say it shit in the world now like it's just like nonstop. it's just like trying to find joy for people it's like God, go outside, man. Like there's going to be a lunar eclipse this tonight. I'm going to get up in the morning and photograph it just because to me, that gives me like joy to like see these things. Like, because it's like, holy crap, man. Like we live. You said, you, you said it, the key, the key word that you said right there was get outside. Yeah. So I was in, I was a parks director during COVID. And, and one of the things, one of the lessons that we learned in COVID with recreation was people wanted to get outside people wanted to go like hike and bike trails um self-directed fitness right those are huge things um and then the national recreation and parks association you know they're doing a good job you know nationwide of, of of trying to stimulate more hike and bike trails you know more areas where where you can do self-directed fitness um, cause that's, that's a big deal. Well, and there's, there's studies that say that, I don't know what, what is released. Maybe it's endorphins, but just being in nature, like releases endorphins, like, you know, and they say the same can be said about making art or actually they say going to a museum and just looking at art, but it's so easy to just go outside and appreciate. Like I drove, I, I had to drive back to Ohio last, was it last? Yeah. Last weekend, week and a half ago, whatever. And driving yeah. through West Virginia, like while when the leaves are changing, it's just like, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's I mean, it's the simplest thing in the world to yeah. do, but it's just like, huh, you know, like yeah, it just allows you to. The, I'm curious your thoughts here, but one of the initiatives that you're seeing in Texas is artwork becoming a thing 
on hiking bike trails. Yep. Yep. Where they are, they're foundations or individuals, they're doing you know yep. uh, statues and and like, things of that nature. Yep. And people are really enjoying that. It's, it's yep. really cool. I know. I I I think any way like to get like community stuff happening. We did a project in Richmond a couple of years back where we took artwork from some of the athletes and veterans that we work with and we blew them up on these vinyl. I don't, I can't remember the size, like maybe 10 by eight vinyl things. Okay. And it was on one side, one side of the vinyl thing was the artwork of the person we work with. And then the other side, we, I worked it out with five local schools um, that they like would either choose a student or it would be a class and they would somehow respond to that artwork. And then they hung it out at this mall. And to me, it's like, yeah. how cool is that? That you're like, yeah, you know, because one of the artworks was actually one of the, is the purple heart recipient that we work with named Michael. Yeah. His name is Michael Goodrich. Awesome guy. Amazing painter. And it was cool to like have this image and then have students at this school, like respond to it or do whatever. And, and it was just yeah. like this beautiful process of connecting artists and students, some underserved, some, you know, it's just like, it's, it inadvertently, like I use that word again, like changes yeah. how kids see the world and, and how they engage with it. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I just like, I, that's, just want to, I want to do more of that stuff where we're like literally, you know, you talked about nature and I'll tell you like Chris, my business partner and I actually, do yeah. you know, do you remember Jay Richardson? Do you know Jay that played at Ohio state? I think he's the name. Yeah. yeah. So his uncle's is uh, part of our business as well. And, but we, but we bought uh, 20 acres of land out in Montana with the hmm. idea of starting an artist athlete residency out, out there. And and this okay. is like very selfish to me because I am yeah. like so drawn to the West. Like I just can't yeah. get enough. I mean, actually I might be driving out there over Thanksgiving break just to go to Yellowstone to photograph oh. wolves because I'm literally addicted to photographing wolves. I just can't get enough of it. But I, it. I can tell like my, not that I really have a lot of anxiety because I think I physically work out and creatively work out every day. I'm pretty, yeah. you know, chill. But like when I'm out there, I just, I breathe differently. I can just tell I'm like more like in the Zen or whatever. And so like, that yeah. was my idea of like this Montana. It's like bringing people out there, like to this residency to, you know, and have workshops. Like you would be like an amazing person to have out there teaching a workshop, you know, whether it's adaptive sports athletes or, or whatever, like it's yeah. just, it changes people. Yeah, that's you know, cool. and and yeah. so it's I I don't know like I just I I like that's the older I get the more I'm like I just I'm trying to figure out ways to like affect people in positive ways, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I I love it. It's awesome. Do you guys do anything with the local parks and rec department there in regards to like art classes or? No, nothing? not just just because we're yeah. scattered all over the country, like. I'm here in mm -hmm. Richmond. Chris is in Colorado. Daryl is down in Florida. We're just okay. releasing, we're releasing product that's actually based on Percy King's works. So we're like okay. collabor collaboratively. We have this product that's out that literally is being launched as, as we speak. We just got, you know, the product in, it's going out to toy stores and it's, wow. you know, so yes, we're going to be doing, um, workshops but it's like trying to still <laughs> figure out how we're doing this because we gotta get we, we gotta get a team around us in in a more of an a, you know aggressive way um yeah. to figure it out but like that's i have talked with uh who uh that um the boys and what is it called the boys and girls club is that right yeah. um yeah. i talked to them here like right before covid um we didn't talk specifics, but it was kind of like figuring out, like, could we do something? Yes, we can. Um, and I've, yeah. I've done some workshops. We've done events, um, at like the, a, a minor league baseball 
a game here. Like I put up an exhibition once the other time we did something where we had like drawing pages and kids would come up and draw before the, before the game and stuff. So we do. I love it when we can, like it's, it's just, it, it is kind of hard because in some ways, good or bad, however you want to look at it, we have so many branches to this business. We, we have, sure. you know, obviously had the podcast here, we're working on three documentaries right now. Um, okay. Documentary film. I think I told you we're doing one on Percy. Um, we have one that's done. Percy's is like kind of in mid area. And then we're starting pre-production on a, on a third one. Um, and then we hey, tell him, make, sure you, make sure you tell Percy I said, hello. I will. Absolutely. I'll text him. Absolutely. Um, and then we have like, you know, the, the land in Montana, we, okay. we actually just realized that it's got a text. We do stuff um, with the NFL players association. If you do any art, you should start making art because we'll put your art in a show out at the Super Bowl. I'm being serious. Like I, I like Jamie, Jamie's gotten re-engaged in his creative thing since we talked, he was talking about it anyways. But um, I just think it's, it for me, it's like, you've, you're uh, like at the highest level more than an athlete you know, like, because you became, you know, you went to the military. So like that idea and, and, and hearing your stories about what you do, like in terms of your coaching, you're like, you're a mentor, you teach, you're doing the yeah. stuff with, with, you know, parks and recs. We're also trying to get athletes to be creative because I think, and you can say this too, like, cause you probably know this, like you, you grew while you were growing up, you were an athlete. That was it. You know, that's all people knew you as, you know, yeah. and that was what I was too. And, and so it's fun for me to like share these stories because it allows good. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So athletes and, and uh, warfighters, I think have a very, there's a, there's a commonality there. Yep. And, you know, there's, there's dudes I know that squeeze triggers for 15, 20 years um, or, or, you know, flew fighter jets for 20 years. Uh, they can't define you. You know, you, you got to find something else that you do and that you represent. And so I think the sooner you do that, the better. And so as young athletes, um, you know, find it's great that you're passionate about sport, um, but find some other things that you're passionate about, too, um, that can help define you. And so that, you know, when you're done with your military career, or you're done with your sports career, you know, you're OK mentally and you can transition and change gears. So I think that's a really important component. No. And that's why I like why I think we, I mean, creativity is so good for our health and mental health and brain health and all those things. Yeah. And Chris and I, are, that's how the business started is we were both high level athletes. And then we met actually at Ohio state working at a record store actually. Uh, um, and we were both creative and we were kind yeah. of the oddballs because we, you know, like you just don't, at least back then you didn't talk about sensitivity yeah. and creativity and different stuff. But now it's like trying to promote, like, this is good for you on a daily basis. It doesn't mean you have to be a professional artist, whatever that means, but like doing something creative. And that's, you know, when I mention creativity, I get this all the time. It's like, well, I don't even know how to draw a stick figure. So what? Don't draw a stick figure then. Like, do like it doesn't. It's not about drawing. Like for me, being doing a podcast is being creative because it's like a blues yeah. song. Like it's you know this yeah. back and forth. Like you can write poetry. You can dance. Like do whatever you want to do creatively. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to uh, be a pro at it. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's how I feel about gardening. Yep. No, but that's <laughs> I, creative. That's your creative outlet. That's where I was going. Like with you, with with introducing art at the recreational level, you, you may not find people that, with their hair on fire about it. However, you might plant the seed. Yep. And so like my grandma with me, my, my grandma, Ann, she, she always had me uh, in her garden, you know, doing the stuff she didn't want to do, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting to me. And then, and then like that, that, that phase of my that period of my life kind of went away and then I went to war a few times and I love gardening and I love planting and cultivating. And, you know, I, I just really, there's like a piece about it and it's creative. Um, you know, so it's, it's, I, I really enjoy it. Um, are you glad, I mean, 
are you glad you kind of re-engaged that? Was that your kind of that mental like? Yeah, I think I think so. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird how things go and how how things work. But yeah, I, I just I think for one, when I, when I bought it, when we bought our first house, like just that 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 pride of ownership, you know, and you know, taking care of what you have, and then I just slowly kind of like became very curious about grass and agronomics and trees and shrubs and you know start you know i just really enjoy it and then my my job i'm no longer in parks and rec anymore but you know for 16 years i did parks and rec and so understanding how grass and trees you know work and i, I really enjoyed that process yeah but uh yeah so, i mean um, are you oh go ahead no go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say are you like you're not still coaching, are you? No, Is no, that... I don't coach. I, you know, I, I my son plays high school football. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I call it nugget coaching. So <laughs> like I nugget, I nugget coach, uh, whatever the possibility is, you know, when I can go talk to kids and, and things like that, you know, so like this past week, I, I spoke to the team about comfort zones and, you know, comfort zones are cool, but nothing grows in that comfort zone, yep. you know? So, um, is so it something, of, is it something you'd want to get back into or teaching? Like for me, like, yeah, you, you like the, your, you have that it thing to be, I think a good teacher slash coach. Like I call myself an art coach. Um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could see myself, you know, doing that one, you know, when I was coaching college football, I, I tell, you know, I tell people, it felt like I was at, at work for like an hour and you were there all day. Yeah. And then my wife grabbed me one night and said, Hey, can we talk for a minute? You know? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, Hey, this isn't working out for me. <laughs> and, and, and so then I, I realized like, you know, we've been married 20 years and, uh, and she's awesome. She's a really awesome, selfless woman. And uh, she's a great teammate. And, great friend and yeah I, i'm you know i kind of felt like you know i could go coach and go do that but i'm gonna be doing that by myself yeah and uh <laughs> yep. and so I, I i left it kind of feeling like you know if it's meant to be maybe i'll come back to it one day you know but but in the meantime i'm gonna i'm gonna be the best husband i can be and uh and raise my kids the best i can yep. and and that's what i've been committed to so yeah well dude i i know you're a busy guy and um and like you said, I, th I'm, gl first of all, I'm glad we connected and I do think we could do a podcast for like a day talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. because I, you know, again, I just, there's so much in what, who you are that I, I not, not the military part, but I relate to so much of what you talk about and your kind of passion. And, um, and I think what you're doing is, is just it's so good for the world. Like there's so many components to what you're doing that I just think it does. It's inspiring, but it, like I said, you know, even just with that meeting, like you're changing people's lives and man, that's like, what can you say more than that? Like, I think that that's, it's just so impactful and you know, it, it, it just, it's, it's cool to like connect. Um, and the last thing I always ask, is what kind of music do you like? Because I always change music for each each episode. And yeah. if you and if you have any friends, actually maybe, you know, what I'll maybe what I can do that that musician um friend of mine that I've had on the podcast that was yeah. Special Forces, maybe I'll see if I can borrow one of their songs for this episode. Um because he was yeah. like I said, he was an army ranger. If you don't know who they are, you should listen because all the members of that band are actually special forces. Um, it's really? The, the band is called silence and light. What silence and silence light? and light. Yep. Yep. And they're harder rock kind of out of that, um, grunge era. Like we, we totally connected on, like, on like a Nirvana kind of kind of. Yeah. Actually the iron, the crazy part is one of the guys in the band played with Nirvana and then went to the military and special forces. Um, what's his name? Jason, yeah. Jason Everman. If you know who. Yeah. That is. Yeah. So I, he's in this I band. Do. Yep. Okay. 
Okay. Well, so my job today, I, I work as a leadership development consultant for a company called Solutions 21. Oh, yeah. yeah I saw and, that on. Yep. Yeah. And and so anyway, Solutions 21, um, the fabric of that, there's some just amazing dudes that work for Solutions 21. And uh, yeah, we, we have some special operation guys um, that, that work for them uh, for, for Solutions 21. Anyways, um, yeah, small world. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, no, but it's I, 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 like, again, I, I, I just feel lucky a, that I had, I get to have these conversations and to meet you, um, because I, you know, like, and, and it, I just think these, it's important to have these conversations. Like I, you know, I don't know a better way to say it. It's just, it's, it's important to hear for people to hear this stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, yeah, I love I love what you're doing, and uh, Ditto. yeah, thanks for thanks for reaching out. I love the name. Uh, <laughs> I do because it's, I I tell like both of my kids are athletes, and they both want to play college sports, and and I I've, I've told them both, you know, like I love your heart and your passion for for the sport, but also let's 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 be engaged with other things that you're passionate about that you yep. love um, yep. as you go to well, college. Do, and, I, if you want, if you like when we're offline, if you want to text me your address, I'll send a couple of our um, creative training journals. I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually find one. Yeah. So like this, and it's like 30 day. Um, okay. And it's just like one side is kind of a, what did you do today? What did you eat? How did you train? And then the the right side is, you know, it's kind of like the brain, like right and left brain and like the right sides for the creativity and stuff. But I'll, I'll totally send you a yeah. couple. Um, and we're, yeah. we're going to be, um, down. I don't know if you'll go like d to the Super Bowl um, in Phoenix doing, doing some stuff with the, it's the NFL PAF, the professional athletes foundation, and we've, yeah. we've done stuff with him the last couple of years and I'll be down there like for the whole week. Um, I don't know if mm. we might see if Percy might go down. I'm not sure, but we, we'll probably do like a little small exhibition and stuff. If, um, and what part yeah. you're in, what part of Texas do you further South? I'm in central Texas. Um, okay. I'm, I'm about, I'm on right on I-35, the arterial that runs North South. Okay. Um, about 40 minutes South of Waco and about an hour uh, North of Austin. Okay. That's cool. no, yeah. I, my, my little sister lives with her husband, my two nephews down in Oklahoma city. Um, and so I drive, I, I get in my car and I drive, like I'm a lunatic. Like I said, I'm going to, I'm in, I'm in Richmond and I'm thinking of driving out to Yellowstone over Thanksgiving, which is like a two, a long two day drive. Um, and yeah. then back, you know, and, um, but I, it's kind of therapy to me and, but it's still, yeah. I'm just like figuring out, like if I'm ever down that way, man, I'd love to like, you know, yeah. stop and grab you. a coffee and shit. So, yeah, um, same, same here. In so, my job, I'm kind of all over the country. Um, oh, cool. And, if you're ever if in I Richmond. Have, yeah, for sure. Or even in DC, like, you know, a lot of people come up to DC and stuff. Yeah. So, um, do you yeah. ever get back to Columbus, by the way? Not so um, much. Not, not a whole lot. No. Um, and, and part of that is I'd love to get back for some games. Uh, but my son's playing high school football yeah. and, like last this past Friday, they just won the first district championship outright since nineteen ninety nine. So they're in the playoffs, and so, anyways, um, we had some conversation, my dad and I, about going to the to the uh, uh, the team up north game. Yes. Uh, uh, Jamie's uh, going to that actually. I, I'd, I'd like to go, but I, we could be playing in the playoffs. Yeah. So, it, um, so I don't know that 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 I'll get there. I was but, lucky uh, not my brother-in-law who lives down in Oklahoma, his cousin used to own a box at Cowboy Stadium. So I went to that first, um, the first year of the playoffs, that, that championship game, literally yeah. on the field. Like we were like right behind the goal, like, and you know, what That's a game. And like, you know, I mean, I've been, yeah. go I've been going to high state games since I was like, literally like the size of an yeah. ant. So, so, well, brother, Thank you, hey. man. I'm looking forward to like staying yeah. in touch. And we and like I said, text yeah. me your address. I'll get these out in a couple days. Cool. I will. All right, brother. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yep. Be I'm, well. I'm good. You too. Yep. Bye.
I really cannot say enough about Joe and how much I love that conversation and really looking forward to many more. Really, really grateful that I got to speak with him. And I mean, he's the definition of a hero. I think Joe is, is such a humble, thoughtful person and I just love his curiosity and you know his want to learn more and to do good things in the world. And the things he is doing are really changing the world for better. Again, I wanna say thanks for his service and, and thank you for all that he is doing today. Also again, thanks to my buddy Brad Thomas and the band Silence and Light for providing music for today's episode. And again, make sure to pay attention that they will have a new album dropping soon on all streaming platforms. Remember to visit our website, theabstractathlete.com for information and news and check out beginagaintoys.com for our new product line. Do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. Yeah.